Welcome back to Raise the Apple. It is a brand new week here in Metland. We got a little bit to talk about. The Mets should be relatively quick-ish episode today. Got a good chunk of news going on around Major League Baseball. Starting with, of course, as always, our New York Mets, who won again last night. They've won their fifth straight as they opened their series with uh, Arizona. Jake was being his usual Jake self. No worries there whatsoever. And reinforcements have arrived. Pilar is back. He got a base hit last night. Pete is back. He got a base hit, and he hit a homer last night. And Seth Lugo is also back. The Mets also brought up Mason Williams from AAA, who in his first excuse me, Met at bat got a base hit. Not not a lot to be upset about with as a Mets fan. You know, you have all you have the injuries, but besides the injuries, the, everything is going great. They're, they have a three and a half game lead in the division. They've won five straight. They can easily, in my opinion, sweep Arizona, considering how much Arizona has struggled recently. They just they've lost sixteen of eighteen or something like that. They've only won twice in the last like twenty days. So it's a a, a lot. Of great things happening with the Mets and like I've said before any other year that any other time that there's all these injuries all these offensive struggles from guys that shouldn't be they're done they're toast they're in last place but somehow they're sticking with it they have more reinforcements coming very quickly J.D. Davis is, is expected to resume his rehab tomorrow Brandon Nimmo is not too far behind as well. McNeil and or McNeil and Conforto, yeah, I should say. They still have a little bit to go, but Almora is getting close to starting a rehab stint. So there are some good key pieces that are still that are very close to coming back. Some of them are still a little bit away. Cookie, we got about another month for as we hit June. Uh Conforto and McNeil, we don't really know the timetable with them. Taiwan Walker came back last week. So Thor, we talked about last time, won't be till the end of August at the earliest. So a lot of good things happening, a lot of, a lot of positivity <laughs> for Mets fans, and that's I laugh because that's not very common. You know, we've been tort. I don't want to say tor- uh, yeah, I'll say tortured. We've been tortured for so long as Mets fans with injuries and. The like LOL Mets moments and all this stuff, and finally everything seems to be changing, and it's it's not normal for Mets fans to experience. We don't, I guess, we don't really know how to feel. I guess I can only speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for all Mets fans, but for me, I'm like, are they going to have like an LOL LOL Mets thing and just completely collapse? After June has historically June has been a horrible month for the Mets. Especially the last, like, three or four years. I want to say it was in 2019 when they won, like, four or five games in all of June or something like that. June historically has not been a good month for the Mets. So if the Mets can somehow get through June this year, like, they, the Mets might actually be for real this year, like or this time. It might not just be, like, a fluke where you get, like, this false hope of being a Mets fan you get this false hope that oh my god this year's the year they're they're not they're not going to fall apart and then all of a sudden they fall apart i don't think i don't see that happening with this team and it's crazy to think because it's it never happens as a mets fan it never 
ever happens. We're tortured. We've been tortured for so long, and to have finally some great Mets baseball to be watching is something unreal, and it will make October that much better. But that's really all with the Mets. Not much is really going on. They got. They're starting to get reinforcements back. They've won five straight, three and a half game lead in the East, which. Last time I looked, or at least this weekend, I don't know if it's changed since this past weekend, that was the biggest division lead in all of baseball, which is kind of surprising considering that the uh, NL East was considered to be probably the best division in all of baseball, and it was supposed to have all five teams essentially in the thick of it, with the Marlins and maybe the Nationals kind of on the outside-ish a little bit. But that was expect the division was expected to be at least a three or four team race, and it is the Mets have starting to distance distance themselves a little bit from the back. But we're gonna stick in the NL East, talk about the rest of Major League Baseball. The Braves, we got two things referring to the Braves, both of which well one is very bad, the second is not directly related to the Braves. It's indirectly related to the Braves. But we have very bad news. And when I say bad news, bad for baseball, very bad for Braves fans, but the there you know things that take precedent over baseball, this is an incident that takes much higher precedent over baseball. It is at the end of like baseball is secondary to something like this. Marcelo Zuna has been arrested. Marcelo Zuna signed a big contract with the Braves this offseason. Marcelo Zuna, one of the better hitters in this Braves lineup. He was with Miami to start his career, then went to St. Louis for a little bit, and now has been and has been with Atlanta the past couple years. He signed a four-year deal this offseason. He was arrested on domestic charges with his wife. Now, it gets a little it's a very serious situation. So apparently last year, there was an incident with his wife being the one that was abusing him, and the violence was coming from her onto him. Now it's him onto her. Apparently, police in Georgia physically, or like in the off that they were off in the distance, but they saw with their own eyes. They saw Ozuna put his hands around her throat and throw her against the wall. It is a very bad situation. Ozuna is already on the injured list and regardless of his injury he will be out for a long time major league baseball has to conduct their own investigation i'm almost certain there will be a suspension of some sort probably a much bigger suspension than we've seen in the past in georgia this type uh it was strangulation i believe was the domestic charge that ozuna has in georgia the law states that this type of domestic would will if he's convicted will result in a minimum of 1 year in jail up to 20 years in jail for this if he's proven guilty that is not only is that a huge that we're the baseball secondary so we'll come back to that part but what a it's such a horrible situation wasting all that money and talent if you're Ozuna I hope every all the parties involved get the proper help they needed because obviously if 
They have a history of a, for lack of a better word, physically abusive relationship. Hopefully that all gets fixed. Everyone gets the help they need. And the news that came out today regarding the Ozuna stuff was that his wife has told the cops that Ozuna threatened to kill her over a heated dispute over infidelity. So this is going to get very... I don't know if it can get worse than it is right now, but it's going to spiral downward very quickly. Of course, regardless if he's innocent or guilty, Major League Baseball will have to do an, will do an investigation to determine his punishment from their standpoint, which could be, if it turns out it was nothing, which there is no way there's nothing because there's proof, like eyewitnesses to it happening, he most likely will be facing a very long suspension or possibly banned I don't know if there's anyone that's ever been banned from baseball because of domestic stuff domestic abuse stuff. you've seen guys with cheating and all that kind of stuff but I don't think there's ever been anyone banned because of domestic violence but this is a very serious matter that should be taken as such so hopefully major league baseball does I have no doubt that they will but they hopefully will do the right thing with this situation. From the baseball perspective, like I said, the baseball impact on baseball comes secondary, but there is a baseball impact in terms of well, one, it's a hor- it's a bad look on Major League Baseball, duh. But two, for the Braves, that is a huge, huge blow to their lineup. To the Atlanta Braves and their fans, that is a huge blow to the lineup. You know, it's you're not really losing a lot defensively, but you are losing a huge offensive weapon. You are losing probably at least 25 to 30 home runs, probably close to pushing if not over 100 RBIs, just gone like that. That is a huge, huge blow to their lineup. But again, like I said before, the baseball stuff comes secondary, but that is relevant to the situation that. It is a huge blow to the Braves. It is a horrible situation in general. So hopefully everything uh, gets figured out. I can't. I don't anticipate Ozuna will play another game for the Braves this year. Uh, if he plays in the future, I have no idea. You know, we've seen guys like Chapman and uh, Domingo Herman and Roberto Ozuna, a lot of guys that have had domestic issues that have come back and if some have been welcomed back with open arms Domingo Armand was one of those that was not welcomed back with many open arms but we will see I don't think Ozuna is going to be welcomed back with a lot of open arms but we'll we'll have to see how that plays out so hopefully everything uh from a legal standpoint and all that kind of stuff hopefully all that uh, works out hopefully justice is served hopefully all the parties that need help get help all that kind of stuff the second part in atlanta indirectly i say indirectly because it involves the all-star game major league baseball is heading to court plain and simple major league baseball and the players association have been sued by the job creators network for their for their decision to move the all-star game from georgia to colorado so in summary of the context for those of you who didn't see our previous episode where i talked about when the all-star game was moved 
or don't know what happened. So, well, was it a month or two ago? About a month, maybe a little bit more ago. The All-Star Game this year was supposed to be in Atlanta in Truist Park. It is now being in Colorado at Coors Field. Georgia recently, or the reason it was moved, Georgia passed uh, a voting, excuse me, a new voting laws bill that uh, tightened up a little bit voting laws in the state. MLB did not like that, so they decided to take the All-Star Game out of Atlanta, much to the dismay of the Atlanta Braves, and bring it to Colorado. And now Major League Baseball and the Players Association have been sued. The Job Creators Network is, I'm reading this word for word, is a conservative group that features Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus as one of their founding members. So that group is suing Major League Baseball and the Players Union under claims that MLB violated civil rights law with the move. And again, I'm reading this word for word. Specifically, the complaint argues that the league, quote, purposefully and maliciously decided on punishing small business owners when it moved the game out of Truist Park in Atlanta instead of appealing instead of appealing to lawmakers. The group is asking for $100 million in damages for businesses and $1 billion in punitive damages. That is huge news. That's probably going to fly very much under the radar. Now, I'm not going to say too much into the situation itself just because it is a political issue and it is very controversial issue and I've stated my opinions already on that in previous episodes so I'm not going to go too much more into detail on that but that is a huge deal that Major League Baseball and the Players Union are being sued the Players Union I'm assuming is included in that lawsuit because they did not do anything to stop Major League Baseball from moving the All-Star game but that'll be it's probably going to and I say fly under the radar because I found that that was happening on accident. So I was reading uh, on the, I was like looking through the news on the internet, and I saw that, and I found it completely on accident. I didn't see, you know, Jeff Passan say anything or any of the big beat guys say anything about it. They may have, I haven't seen it, but I found this completely on accident. But it, it and it's definitely something that should be brought up. I think a lot more than it's probably going to. But, that's again, that's just my opinion. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I don't know if that job network group will win, but I guess I guess we'll see on that. Though, regardless, I don't like that the All-Star game was moved, but in Coors Field, having the home run derby there is going to be absolutely amazing. We are going to see balls hit farther than we've ever seen before. So that'll be so... You're going to have Acuna and Vladdy... And, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, the guy in Texas, Dolis Garcia or something like that. The guy in Texas who nobody's talking about, who we'll talk about on Thursday probably. You got so many. Oh, that's going to be so. Sorry will most likely be in that if he's still a Rocky at that point. That is going to be so much fun to watch. I cannot wait. Which brings us into the last part of today's episode. I forgot to do it last episode, but we're doing it again today. This day in baseball history, it is with the Mets as uh, it is becoming a common occurrence. This day in 2012, Johan became Nohan. 
The Car the Mets beat the Cardinals 8-0 as Johan Santana threw the first and to this day only no-hitter in New York Mets history. It was it, the Mets streak of no spanned 8,020 games without a no-hitter. At the time, it was them and the Padres were the only teams in Major League Baseball history without a no-hitter. We saw Joe Musgrove no-hit the Texas Rangers earlier this year, so now every single team in Major League Baseball has at least one no-hitter in the history books. Johan became Nohan on this day in 2012. Amazing. You know, like I've said before, we're talking about no-hitters. Every single no-hitter or perfect game has like that one play late in the game, that one defensive play when it happens. You're like, okay, they're going to finish the job. With Johans, it was that, if you guys remember, the catch Mike Baxter made where he crashed into the wall, and I believe he had to leave the game after that. So that was that, was that uh, like, the play, so to speak, of uh, Johans' no-hitter, where after he get that, everyone's like, okay, he's got this locked down. And it makes you wonder, who's going to be the next Met to do it? Matt Harvey was close against the White Sox. He took a perfect game into the seventh. You have to assume it's going to be Jake. I mean, Jake could probably throw a no-hitter any time he goes out there. I was afraid last night with the Mets being on the West Coast and I have to work in the morning. So I'm not, I fell asleep last night during the game. But when Jake was pitching and Arizona struggling, my thought was, holy crap, I might fall asleep and there's a very good chance Jake could throw a no-hitter because he was perfect through three. So there's always a chance when Jake goes out there, especially against a bad team. He could do some history, so it'll be fun to see who the next Met is to throw a no-hitter. Hopefully, we get a Met to throw a perfect game in our lifetime, but we'll see. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe down below. Follow us on Twitter, RTA underscore pod. And any questions, comments, concerns, leave them down below as well. Thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. And we will see you on Thursday, hopefully, with a lot of Major League Baseball and more Mets, positive Mets news to talk about. We'll see you then. Let's go, Mets.